Today's Movie Lovers United's podcast episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We decided to partner up with BetterHelp because we know that therapy can help save lives, as well as help with mental health. And BetterHelp will help you find the right therapist for you, without waiting in a doctor's office. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Movie Lovers Unite. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. That's BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me tonight, I have independent actress Rusty McCree with me. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. And it's been a while since we actually did one of these podcast episodes. I just want to say welcome back on the show. You're always welcome here. I do appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate being back. I, I miss you guys. I miss you too. So <laughs> with that being said, we are actually reviewing Four Brothers. And this is actually one of my favorite Mark Wahlberg movies and stuff like that. But this movie came out in August 12th of 2005 and had a budget of $30 million. And only made $92.5 million opening day and everything. So when I, here's the thing. I figured this movie is like very underrated and underappreciated because nobody really talks about this movie at all. You have Mark Wahlberg. You have Tyrese Gibson. You have, and you also have Um, Andre 3000 in this film. Yes. Garrett Hedlund is in this. who plays the young Jack. And um, I, you know, the, the guy that plays Victor Sweet, I can't pronounce his name, and I hate that. I've been trying to pronounce it all day. She, uh, uh, Chateauwell Chateauwell? Etifor. No, Chateauwell. What is it? Chateauwell Etifor. There you go. He's yeah. a great actor. I love him as well. Yes. I do agree. It's perfectly well casted. And also, too, we also have, of course, uh, Terrence Howard in this movie. Yes. And, and this, like I said, is perfectly well balanced when it comes down to the casting. I don't know why it only made. 92 million dollars right they should have made more yes and if you think about it this is actually a thanksgiving day uh, movie despite the fact that the mother died and stuff this to me feels like a thanksgiving day movie because not only do they have to come back in a time that the mother dies and we'll get to that in a few minutes but it brought them back together again to also solve a murder Yes. and stuff like that and they can't even have thanksgiving without thinking about their mother and we'll talk about that too but what did you think about this movie when did you first see this movie that's my my question um i first saw the movie in 2011 but it was so long ago that i forgot the the um the plot and what the movie was about i just i remembered who was in the movie so i decided to watch it again of course i watched it this morning and um it was a great movie. I mean, um, like you said, the cast of characters that we have, 
Um, any movie with, you know, Tyrese, Mark Wahlberg, really, you know, um, who else? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, Andre 3000, who is a great actor. You know you're going to get a good movie. And I was um, glued from the beginning when um, we start with the little kid in the store, who I thought at first was showing the boys when they were younger. So I figure, oh, okay, that must mm. be like a young Tyrese or Andre 3000, not knowing that that's the beginning of the movie. And it, it wasn't any of their kids. It was um, a, a, another kid in the neighborhood who mom, um, you know, helps out. Exactly. And you don't know exactly where the plot is going. You don't know how this is actually going to be played out and how these are actually these four brothers that are actually connected to this woman, if they're even connected to this woman at right. all. Right. And, you know, I really like that dynamic. It gives you a little bit of a more of a mystery kind of aspect, kind of feel to it, being on a misdirection kind of thing. And then when the kid is over there trying to steal, the mother goes on ahead and says, you know, if you don't uh, return what you stole, and I'm gonna call, I'm gonna get the the store clerk to call the cops. And I liked how the store clerk's also playing along with it because he knows the kid yes. is good and everything. It's just that he, on these sides of the streets in Detroit, it's no it's no surprise that so, something like this would happen, and he doesn't want right. to do anything to the kid, so he winds up call. Uh, acting like he's calling the police. And I like how the kid is just innocently, please don't call the police, ma'am. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Knowing he did something wrong, but, you know, they scared him. Right. You know, which, which obviously the plan was was to scare him. She wasn't going to call the police on, on him. And you get to, um, you get a view of who she is, mm -hmm. you know, and like you said, you don't really know who she is really in the film, but just that little part when you see that and then you connect it, you know, okay, this was a good woman. Right, exactly. And then also, too, she's also just shopping for a Thanksgiving Day turkey so that way she can yes. celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't know if the kids were already on their way or not or anything like that. Right. But, you know, it gives you a sensibility of, okay, maybe this character is actually just going in for a Thanksgiving Day turkey for herself, right. even though that's a big, huge turkey just for her. But, <laughs> right, right. But, you know, <laughs> Then of course, uh, these uh, this gang comes out in there and shoots up the place. And yes. you don't. I'm glad that they didn't show the mother dying. I'm glad they just gave us guns blasting, which gives us right. enough evidence of, to show the carnage that was actually done without having to show right. anything. Right. Because um, that's one thing I ahead. feel like. That's one thing I feel like that some directors do sometimes is this. Uh, they show us a little too much. It's right. Like, look, we get it. The per they died. You don't have to go into the whole entire aspect of how they died. We already know they got the person got shot, so right. they don't need to show that. So I'm it, glad they didn't go into that way. And even at that part, I mean, I I do feel the same way. I was hoping that they wouldn't show her being killed, you know, assassinated, you know. So when they pulled back, and you, like you said, you pretty much know what's going on, but. At that point of the movie, you you do have like a little connect with the woman, you know, because you you understand she's a good woman. She's not going to call the cops on the kids. Then you when you see the story get jacked, you you don't want to see her get killed. You you get what's going to happen, but you don't right. want to see it. So I'm happy that they pretty much you know put put one and one together. You you know what's going to happen, so exactly. you know she she died. Yes, which leads and, to us meeting the brothers. Right, and which. And here's the thing. I love the music in this. 
Oh, too. yes. Because the music to me, whenever we see Mark Wahlberg coming in his car, like that coming right. up to the funeral in his car, it describes his character and the type of character yes. he actually is. And he's like this laid back, smooth kind of character, but also yeah. too that has a hyperactive that can be hyper at the same time and be also too on the dangerous scale as well if he has to be. Right. But I love that bluesy kind of Detroit kind of feel to it. It feels yes. like this is our second time reviewing something that happens in Detroit, but yeah, <laughs> it <has> that, <laughs> but it just has that Detroit kind of vibe to it. Yes. You know, um, I'm happy that you brought that up because. Um, I really love the soundtrack. Um, I'm a Marvin Gaye fan. I'm a Temptation mm -hmm. fan. So you get the best of your the the Marvin Gaye songs with some Temptations, and then it brings you to Little John, Eastside Boys, you know, mm -hmm. Little Scrappy as well. So you get a range of music, but the soundtrack was dope. And when you hear a soundtrack like that in the beginning of a film, what those characters. It, it brings the whole movie together and you know, okay, this, this is going to be a good ride. Exactly. And then also you know? too, another thing too, is I like how Mark Wahlberg drives up. And then of course we see Terrence Howard and the other, yes. uh, and the other cop with him. But the thing I liked about that was he was, they were, he was giving insight into their characters and to who they yes. are without right. having to go into an origin story of their characters without having to go into a flashback. Cause it could have right. actually been that way where, Oh, let's okay. We see Mark Wahlberg's character. Let's do a flashback on how he was adopted. No, instead yeah, they right. wind up just breaking it down, talking to uh, the, the other cop with him. And just yeah. explain where they came from and how that yes. the mother adopted them. Yes. And I thought that was a great way to introduce those characters without having to show us anything. Yeah, because, I mean, like you said, when you meet the characters and, and you know, Jack, Bobby, Jeremiah, Angel, when you meet them, you you know, you, you get a sense of what their past is, okay? And, and you get a sense of this woman, okay, she deals with troubled youth. And she happens to adopt four troubled boys. So the scene in the beginning in the store with the little boy that she pretends like she's going to call the cops on, you pretty much, those are the type of kids that she adopted. So you know that they have issues, that they had issues, and you just kind of, you know, they refer to her, you know, throughout the whole film, um, who would kill the sweetest woman in, in, in the world. Exactly. You and know? I'm Right. And I like how they take the law into their own hands. It's like, look, we're yes. not getting anywhere with the cops. The cops are not going to do. And plus, they've always looked out for each other anyways, even as kids. Right. And everything, too. They never depended on the cops. They always yes. depended on themselves. So I like that dynamic, though, too. And there's mystery element to it. And then at the funeral, I also like how Terrence Howard's character turns around and says, do you, th uh, do you think that angel will show? You mean pretty boy? Right. And right. so, of course, we also know that he's in the army. And yes. And Jackie, I like how they introduced Jack. And they ended up uh, telling his nephew, uh, Andre 3000's character's nephews, that that's Cracker Jack. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, I also really like um, the scene where they're at the, you know, it's Thanksgiving, like you said, and they're all at the table. They're, mm -hmm. they're going to do mom's mom's died. And, and by the way, mom's name was Evelyn, who was played yep. by um, Fionola 
Fionnula Flanagan. Probably saying, is it Fionnula? Uh, I don't know. Fiona? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Anyways, Fiona, she's a great uh, character Flanagan. actor. Okay, you, you, if people, you guys have seen her in, in many different films. She's a great character actor. But anyways, actress. Anyways, they're at the dinner table. They're they're doing their Thanksgiving, and at that time, each boy sees her at the table. Each boy has their moment with her, and in that scene, you know, you pretty much know. Okay, um, Angel, eat with your mouth closed. You know what I mean? She's they're having their moment, reminiscing about them having dinner with their mom and little things that mom says, you know, eat with your mouth closed, take your elbows off the table. And it was just a really sad scene, you know? And at that point, no one's thinking about going out, getting justice. It's just reminiscing and having Thanksgiving alone without their mother. Right. Another thing that I want to bring up though, is this, you know how we were talking about the temptations and stuff like that. Yes. Before that dinner scene, you can tell that, Mark Wahlberg's character, which is Bobby, yes, and is supposed to be the strong guy who is supposed to right. carry these this family together and stick together. But right. you can tell that he's having a hard time, and he doesn't show it. He tries to be the strong yes. one, and then he locks himself in the bedroom and he starts crying. Right. And I love yeah. the song. Today I just feel like crying, and yeah, he's just falling. Right. right, and then he goes into Jackie's room. It goes, why are you crying, little fairy? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. I, I did like that scene because, I mean, that scene pretty much lets you know who Mark Wer Mark Wahlberg's character is. He's, you know, kind of the man's man of the movie, um, not afraid of anything. And he keeps his emotion in check because he is the one that's going to protect and hold everyone together. Right. So and that then, was a great scene. Right. I agree. It shows that on the emotional level of his character, he's trying to be the yes. strong one, but at the same time, he's not that strong to begin with, but he, in front right. of everybody else, he's not letting that show. But, you know, at that dinner scene, my other favorite part is when Jack, when Jackie has his tattoo and Evelyn just goes on ahead and she goes, another tattoo? And, and, he's, and she goes, you don't have to cover it up. And then next thing and you know, there's like a rose tattoo. Right, right. <laughs> And he gets and, that smile on his face. So, I mean, it lets you know, like, she loved these boys. She accepted them for who they were. And, I mean, she was just a good mother. And it doesn't matter, you know, you got two of them that are black, two of them that are white. She was just a great mom. And so each of them had a piece of her in them, you know, something that right. she did that was special for each individual boy. Right, and it gives them a chance to actually have some security, make them feel safe, yes. knowing that they don't have to be in the outside world anymore, wondering right. if they're going to survive, if they're going to see another right. day, especially with Jackie on the stuff that he went through, and then also, yes. too, and then also, do we see Andre 3000 having, uh, looking at the head of the table once again, like everybody else is, and then finally, yeah. they're like, you know what, screw it, we can't do this, and then they get up from the dinner table, and they start playing hockey. Right. That's right. That's right. Their, their um, holiday Thanksgiving tradition was to go out and play some hard hockey. And um, I enjoyed that scene. Um, that was fun. Mark Wahlberg is hilarious. Um, what, what, after that, I think that's when they um, got done with the hockey and they decided to um, figure out why is mom dead? Like, 
what happened? How could this happen? Uh, exactly. You know, it also, I love the humor though. The humor is actually yes. the best thing about it. And then also too, Angel comes in and stuff like that too, whenever they least expect it. And then I liked how he comes back in and he's prancing around the house. <laughs> and, and then as he's prancing around the house, he's being all ticked off. And you can tell that he has some sexual uh, desires on his mind. He's actually sexually right. frustrated. And right. Mark Wahlberg goes, man, Vita Loca is not even studying you. Right, right, right. Now, right now, she's got a hard one inside of someone right now. And the last thing right. she's thinking about is thinking of your black ass. And so I thought that was actually funny <laughs> to actually hear him uh, come out with that. He goes, man, I'm not even thinking about her. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Then all of a sudden, the next thing you know it, like you said, it cuts over to Lil John and the East Side Boys. And he's right. shooting at the guy that is sleeping with his ex-girlfriend or girlfriend while he was away at, in the army. Yes. And next thing you know, it, he actually has the Spanish, the, his girlfriend over at yeah. the, over at Evelyn's house. And right. then Bobby goes, Vita Loca is not coming to stay here. She's not staying in this house. Man, forget nope. you. She's staying in here. No, she's not. I like the brotherly conflict between each other. Absolutely. That was actually pretty good. I thought another thing that was funny was um, Angel's character when he's uh, <laughs> taking the little um, the the little album, you know, in, in order to play the the little small records on the record player. He's taking a little yellow things and he's chucking at chucking it at him. They're like Angel, stop! Chucks it at him again. Angel, stop! You know, because he's throwing it at Andre three thousand. And then all of a sudden, he's like, all right, I've had enough. And they get into their little, you know, brawl, you know, basically showing the brotherly love, uh, the the little fights that they would have. I like that scene. I thought that was funny because it looked like they were kind of laughing and real, like for real when he right. was doing that and checking the little yellow things at him. Yeah, I did, too. I, I think that actually is a picture perfect moment. And then also, too, yes, uh, you also hear Bobby going. Uh, doing like little commentary on it on the fight, right, and everything too. <laughs> I thought that was good. Oh, that was that's right. Yes, midnight, and I forget he yeah. called midnight and something, and he's doing a commentary from the couch, and it was like you said, it's the 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 humor that is in the movie. Exactly, and then of course you know, uh, Green comes over, which is Terrence uh, Howard's character comes over and everything, and tells him, right. look. Do not get involved with this murder and everything. We're going to try and bring justice to your mom. He goes, right. really? When? When are you going to do that? I haven't seen one single cop that came over right. here besides you to say, hey, we're going to be looking for uh, our mom's killer. When did you ever come over here? When did you? Right. So after they leave, he's like, you know what? He was actually in a ticked off mood after they left. You know what? We're going to go in here and find out who killed mom ourselves. Yes. And, and that's like when all the action just... I mean, first of all, this movie is it's action packed. It's what you would expect. You know, the guns, the the nice cars, the fast car. It's like you said, it's a holiday film. You got the snow, you got the ice. It's really good. And that's when they start going around their hood and finding out, OK, where do we start at? Someone knows something and it starts with the younger kids on the streets. Right. And of course, it makes sense for them to be younger kids on the street because, of course, yeah. they're minors. So therefore, they do less time by Absolutely. doing that. So they actually go into this other 
uh, apartment complex, I think. And basically, yeah. I liked how, okay, you have Jackie, you have, yes. of course, Andre 3000 doesn't come with them or anything, but you have Angel, no. and uh, you have Angel, Bobby, and then Jackie. Jack, and, yeah. And then, of course, they open up the trunk. Mark Wahlberg's carrying the shotgun. You have yep. Angel that has the gas. And then, of course, <laughs> they give Jackie the jack. That's right. <laughs> Jack, That's the, right. jack the jack. And <laughs> my favorite thing is uh, when Jack looks at uh, them and he goes, so are we going to do the gas thing? And then Mark Wahlberg's looking at him he goes, are we going to do the gas thing? Yeah, we're going to do the gas <laughs> thing. <laughs> And, then, and that's another thing. Mark yes. Mark Wahlberg's funny in imitations of like uh, Vita Loca, you yeah. know, um, he does a lot of little imitations in, in the film. He's hilarious. He's funny. I, he definitely is. And uh, this is um, another thing I want to bring up is the uh, part where I think he's in the shower and Jack yes. comes over to him and goes, um, do I look like I have an STD? That's and, right. And then Angel, he goes, come on, let's look at the dickologist. Come on, we're going to bring you to the dickologist. <laughs> so he goes, so Angel looks at it. He goes, you don't have anything. What's off? It, it's like rug burn or something. He's like, oh, good. I was really worried about that. That was not, that's the scene when, uh, when Mark Wahlberg's on the toilet. Yeah. Jack's in a shower. Angel yeah. comes in there and he's like. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, me and, you know, Vita Loca, we had a real good time last night, but I think I got something. Yeah. And what Mark Wahlberg is sitting on a toilet and is like, you know, wh what you said he says, and Jack yeah. kind of looks and, no, looks like rug burn. You're good. He's like, man, I was worried about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And that just shows you the chemistry that they have on set. Yes. To have that brotherly right. bond, which is great. They have. Yeah. And, you know, like I mentioned before, whenever they're going into the building and then Mark Wahlberg has the shotgun. Yeah. And then as they're going in, he goes, oh, no, the Popo's here. What are we going to do? We have the Popo's here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he's cocking the shotgun. Next thing you know it, they actually grab one of the kids that might have been involved. Yeah. And because of the fact that they had a lead because of the cops. They actually right. did give a little too much information to them based off of the uh, report, which was yeah. the fact that they said that the um, the lights cut off at a certain point at the That's right, 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock yeah. at the basketball court. So they dragged this kid out in the snow, and he goes, we're going to wait until these lights shut off at 11 o'clock, because that's what we heard. We heard that they right. shut off at 11 o'clock. We know that you were out here. Man, I'm telling right. you. I'm telling you, the lights are going to shut off at 11 o'clock. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And he goes, they're still on. They're still on. Don't make me mad. Next thing you know, <laughs> right. and he goes, man, I'm going to go in and put a cap in him right now. Next thing you right. know, and he goes, look, look, the lights are off. <laughs> so <laughs> He was panicked. And that's another thing about that scene. Everyone in that neighborhood knows those boys, and they know Bobby. Yep. They know Bobby don't play. Bobby's the crazy white boy. So if he said he's going to shoot you, he's going to shoot you. And if those lights did not go off at 11 o'clock, he knew he was dead. And he's panicking because he knows he's done. And then you see the light save him. Okay, so they did go off at 11 o'clock. So he saved. And then from there, we go to our next, you know, our next, uh, the person that's involved next, which is the, um, the 
apartment building. Yeah. Where um they go in and uh, they see dude with the yeah. afro. And they're like, there he is. They're sitting in the car and waiting for the next guy that's involved. Yeah, because that's when they find out that he's actually a high schooler. So therefore, they go into the high school gym trying to find this guy. That's right. Right. And he's supposed to be right. wearing like a hoodie. And right. so with the chain on it, uh, with the chain and stuff like that. Because You're was, right. And so they go into the gym. They're having like a basketball game going on. Yes. And he goes, hey, can I have attention, please? I'm looking for someone <laughs> that has, that's wearing a red hoodie with a chain on on around his neck. Can someone please give a tell us where this person is? And then of course the guy is panicked, so he actually gets up and goes out. And of course Jack is already out there, and he already right. spots him. And then right. he goes, "Look, once you can locate him and tell us where he is, uh, you guys can go back to your basketball game." And then right. Jack winds up pointing him in the direction where the guy is going, and all of a sudden the guy go is running uh, all the way down the street, and. Right. Also, too, makes him go all the way up to the apartment building. I also liked how the one of the lines that Jack says to him. He goes, the shit don't even spin. Talking about his right. uh, necklace. The, the chain, right. Yeah, the chain. But he goes up up the stairs into his apartment. And then also, too, these dogs, these uh, not what kind they of look dogs like they? Rottweilers or something. Yeah, Rottweilers. Yeah. yeah and so anyways, they start attacking Bobby. And then next thing you know, it he asked Angel to go on ahead and help him get the dogs off. Next thing you know, it Angel winds up spraying him down with the fire extinguisher. And right. then that's when uh, Bobby goes on ahead and tries to shoot uh, the guy that they have. And then, of course, it's like a, a brawl between them because he sh because the guy is inside, is trying to go out the window and trying on to shoot rope. Bobby on the rope, <laughs> trying to shoot right. Bobby at the same time. And Bobby's trying to shoot right. him. And then finally, Bobby just had enough and gets out a hatchet that he finds. <laughs> That's right. A butcher knife. <laughs> and just makes him fall down. And Jack looks at him and goes, do you think he's dead? He goes, nah, that fall's not going to hurt him. He just hurt. Yep. He just hurt bad. He's not dead. <laughs> Go out there. Dude's laying in the snow from dropping from the freaking building, laying down there in the snow. And then they show the scene where his leg's broken. And they're like, you know, you're not giving us answers. You can go ahead, freeze to death. They walk away. He's like, no, man, come back, come back. Then, you know, he gives up a name. Right. Which happens, you know, to be and Victor that's Sweet, basically I what think. this is. It's leads to right. find out who killed mom, you know? Exactly. And it winds up being someone that they knew from their from their childhood. Right. But also, too, let's also talk about this. We also find out that his mom, Evelyn, went and yes. saw his the lawyer around eight o'clock right. right at night and i was like why would they, why would she see her lawyer eight o'clock why would anyone and the first thing i'm thinking of is booty call eight, eight o'clock at night you know i didn't even think that i was i i thought you know that the lawyer was involved with her murder but why would she go there at eight o'clock so i was really suspicious of the lawyer until we find out that it's exactly what you said it was right they're and, seeing each other on the low. <laughs> right. And also, too, <laughs> it was also going to be a conflict of interest because of the fact that he's her client, the client. So that's right. why they had to go on a DL on it. But at Absolutely, the same yes. But at the same time, I also like that scene where basically the the lawyer actually has a Bichon dog. 
and Bobby is I, I feel bad for Bobby because he's just getting attacked by dogs at this point. Right. <laughs> and right. he actually has the Bichon in his hand patting it. Yeah. And he's over there slapping the lawyer's stomach out that's in the right. cold that's right. to get answers and everything. And that's when they find out that that's actually what happened was the fact that yeah. they were singing each other on the low. And yes. then the next couple of hours, Green and also uh, the other uh, it was detective, a Fowler, yeah, Fowler, uh, winds up, see, uh, winds up investigating it before Terrence Howard's character could, and she's right. like, "Why did you investigate this before I did?" He goes, "Oh, I had to leave." Right. Now, my question is this: Did you suspect him at all, or did you think that okay, maybe it's just a I didn't. I didn't suspect um, Fowler, who was played by Josh Charles. I didn't expect him at all. I didn't think the cops. It, well, let me put it like this: uh, uh, Terrence Howard, you know, seems to always play like uh, the bad guy or something like that. So I thought that maybe he would be the dirty cop that was involved in what was going on with you know mom's death. I didn't think that Fowler had anything to do with it at first. I really didn't. I thought it was just going to be those, you know, you go to the top guy in the, the gang or the, you know, the, the drug trade. But, you know, if anyone, I thought, you know, Terrence Howard. I, I think that would be everybody's MO, to be honest with you. To yeah. Straight, yeah. Straightforward Terrence. But at the same yeah. time, okay, I could see going on and investigating a big gang of people. Right. You know, right. But a lawyer. That is kind of like an oddball move to investigate a lawyer by yourself, True. Opposed, opposed to going to a gang because you need two people for that. But right. going by yourself to investigate a lawyer that was yeah, exactly right. Evelyn, that right. was kind of weird and shady to me. I hear you, but I hear that you. was my first instinct whenever I first saw the film. Was there's just something off with this guy, but maybe, just maybe, I'm not thinking that he's corrupt. Maybe he might right. be, you know, maybe he's just trying to investigate it and he forgot to tell his partner. Maybe there's not some, some something shady going on. That's my first right. viewing of it. But definitely, I get your questioning, but I didn't, I didn't even, I, I'm thinking the whole time still, you know, it's right. Terrence. He has something to do with it that, you know, he, he's, he always plays, you know, those type of characters. So maybe it's him until you find out, you know, um, when he finds out that something's not right with his partner. Right. Because he questioned that because they show a scene where he's actually caught on surveillance um, with um, mom comes into, I think, the police station. Yep. And they see you see Evelyn and you see Detective Fowler and her and Terrence, um, his character, Green, had mentioned. Why was he he had two hours with her alone? What could he be talking to her about? Exactly. And why didn't he ever tell me that he spent two hours with the deceased person? Exactly. So then at that point, of course, you know, okay, Fowler's dirty. What's going on? And also, too, at that point, um, I want to also say this. You know, you wind up finding out that Jeremiah is actually doing something shady or... Right. as well yes which is andre 3000's character's name is jeremiah and right. you know jeremiah had a big dream to actually open up a bar 
And yes. basically, Evelyn was there at the police station to try and strain out a few things on Jeremiah's record so that way right. he could get the bar that he wants because that's how much she actually believed in Jeremiah. Yes. And, and, and in the beginning of the film, you know, we, we forget to mention that, you know, we do, they, Jeremiah did take the brothers to this um, building that he was going to renovate to make into the, the, the bar, the, the club, whatever. And remember, he takes the guys up there and they're, they're not taking him serious because it's, it's, it's totally run down. So he does have something on the side going on. But when it, when you find out, cause remember Jeremiah is missing. He's not with the brothers all the time. And after a while in a film, you have to think to yourself, does he have something to do with this? Because he always has to go take the girls to gymnastics. <laughs> he always has to go and do this. And I'm hoping not, but then you find out that how did he get the insurance money? Because remember that the $405,000. Right. Because there's no way that he could actually afford that on his own salary or anything. Right. So there has to be something that he did. Even borrowing money from a bank, there's no way that you can actually borrow that lump sum right, of money. Right, exactly. Right. Even with good credit. So especially with opening up a business, there's also waiting periods and everything else. So it, there's right. a lot of questioning when it comes down to that. Yes. So, which okay. leads to like you know, what what ends up happening is, is that you have, you know, uh, Victor or you know Sweet, mm -hmm. um, he's charging them, charging him basically to do business. Right. You know, so that's when Jeremiah ends up getting involved with the top guys in town, which looks bad because you're thinking, because you remember you're seeing him pay off the one dude at the bowling alley who is a sweet, like left hand. And, you know, when you see that scene, at least for me, I'm like, he's involved. Right. Because that's what he I was thinking too. Set up. Right. But at the same time though, he actually didn't though, once we discover that. Right. Because it makes it look like that, but once he starts yes. admitting the truth, and I'll let you go on ahead and uh, explain how they actually do that. Well, what happened was, is that um, um, Angel, Tyrese's character, ended up finding out some information about Jeremiah. And so he's following Jeremiah around, and what you're what you're seeing is it looks like, the film makes it look like, okay, all, all, all leads are pointing to him, all fingers are on him. He did it. Jeremiah did it because of his shady dealings. But then he explains when they get together with the brothers, because Angel has to go tell Bobby, you know, I hate to tell you this, but something's not right with Jeremiah. So they all get together, they're, they're jumping on Jeremiah and Jeremiah ends up saying, look, this is what happened. I wanted to open up a business. Um, you know, I had to do this, you know, this person got in my way. They made me pay this and then I end up getting involved with Victor and they're making me pay them off in order for me to get to do business because they're sending commissioners to his job. They're, they're trying to stop everything that Jeremiah wants to do to get this business running. And that's when you find out Jeremiah wasn't lying. He was only paying them off because he had to pay them off in order to, to, to you know, make his dreams come true, basically, of opening up this club. Exactly. Which leads us to the 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 big guy Victor that's 
you know, you end up finding out, okay, he has something to do with Miss Evelyn's death. Right. And also she was, too, she was the target. It oh. wasn't an accident. She was targeted. Right. Because of the lop sum of money that she was because of her son borrowing. It right. just happened to be the fact that he was connected with it and he didn't mean anything by it. It was just something totally Absolutely. innocent. Right. And everything. And she got into the crossfire of whatever beef that he had with, with him. And everything. Right. Because she went to file a complaint. Right. With the police. And that's why we see her and Fowler on tape because she was, like you said, she was doing everything she could do to help her son. Right. To help him open up this business. And she just happened to, yeah, get involved with the wrong people. Definitely getting involved with the wrong people and everything. And also, too, we actually see Victor Sweet. And I think yeah. that, you know, um, I'm going to go ahead and say his name again. <laughs> but yeah, you guys Shethawell, Shethawell actually does a fantastic job of playing this uh, character. Yes. And you can see the how villainous he actually is. He made this one guy get on his hands and knees and eat spaghetti off the floor. And his girlfriend, too. Then also, right. too, <laughs> one of his henchmen, he wanted the girl, the girl that he was going to get married. He was going to marry this girl. And it was basically he wanted the guy to go ahead and pimp her out. So that way right. he can get with her. I'm like, this dude needs to be stopped. <laughs> because this guy is way too out of control. I could not stand him when when you first meet him, and you know he reminds me of uh, you know Denzel Washington's character in uh, you know your your training days and your you know movies like that. He played that part really well, but he's a dick. He's a horrible freaking person, and he gets off on embarrassing his men. So you know, making the the one guy you know, his, his, his right hand, you know, get on the floor and on the ground and eat the food that he throws down there. And then his girlfriend's trying to help him out. And he makes her get down there and eat the food off the ground, which is absolutely embarrassing. Wanting to screw the one guy's girlfriend and tells him, you know, we're going to have to try her out. You're going to have to let us try her out. And then the other guy, that commissioner guy that told on him and he knew the dude told his name made him go sit at the kids table with the kids i was like something's got to be done with this guy something there has to be a twist in here because there's no way these guys are gonna have to let that go because the camera shows the looks in the, in the one guy's face when he's talking about i want your woman we all want your woman Oh, you're muted. Yeah, that's actually, you, you can tell that's actually one of the turning points for his men, though, later on. Right. And everything, too. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. But then also, too, after uh, we wind up having that whole entire scene where Bobby winds up chasing down these other men uh, from yes. the bowling alley and everything. And, uh, well, the casino that they're in that Victor actually owns. Right. And so next thing you know, there's this car chase between Bobby and those henchmen. Right. And then of course, you know, there's their speeding and everything in the snow. They actually bang into uh, the other car. And also too, there's also gunfire firing back and forth. Absolutely. Yeah. Then and then Bobby winds up causing their car to actually make the other car flip over. 
And then right. of course that's when they're injured, they're injured and everything. And then as they're pulling them out, you know, they're Bobby was going to ask some questions, but then they decide he decides, you know what, I'm just going to go in and shoot them. So, right. and I like how they protect Jack because they know that he went through a bunch of drama in his past life. Right. And, he goes, and, and the way he was standing there, I mean, he looked, Jack looked horrified when he saw them standing over them, basically executing the two men that um, was in the car. But you have to admit, that was a badass car scene. Loved it. Uh, loved the gunplay. The action in that scene was just awesome. Um, them driving through that blizzard. Um, the CGI on that was great. But yeah, I thought that when the camera shows Jack's face and his reaction to um, them executing the men, you know, it's kind of like you get um, you get an idea of the trauma that Jack has, you know, had gone through because he, he just looked frightened and you would think he'd be used to it because he knows his brothers, but he's still traumatized. Definitely still traumatized, not only traumatized, but he looks like he has PTSD, though, from whatever past yes. events that he has. And I like, this is just how good his acting is. Because now we actually get an idea of what he went through in his past life before he yes. went with Evelyn. And so once that's played out, uh, the next morning, uh, Terrence Howard's uh, character comes in, Green and Flower Fowler comes in. Right. And everything. He goes, so how did you get that cut? Because next thing you know, Evita Loca is actually uh, <laughs> trying to doctor him up because she's a nurse. And right. he, just, he goes, look, do me a favor, cover, uh, cover this up. So she gets the robe on, he's sitting down <laughs> on the couch. And then of course he goes, where did you get that uh, scar at? Oh, a uh, hockey accident. It's a Mercer uh, family tradition. Right. And to play hockey during Thanksgiving. And he goes, and you can tell that Green kind of uh, believes him, but also kind of doesn't. Right. He doesn't question it either. Right. So he goes, well, where's your car at? He goes, oh, it was at Jeremiah's. We went to Jeremiah's. And Vita Loca is also standing up for him, too. And he goes, yeah, it was over there. It was um, That's right. it over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that happens, uh, they leave out. And then the insurance agent comes in. And oh, that's course, right. That's right. Th then Vita Loca and Angel are getting ready to get busy on the washing machine. Right. Their favorite pastime reminds them of when they were teenagers and right. they're about to handle their business. And that's when an insurance agent is knocking on the door and you find out that it wasn't it a. Don't they find out that that Jeremiah got the money or, or yeah, yeah, someone? That, took, yeah, they find yeah. out that he there were four hundred and five thousand dollars. That was a. Yeah, her life insurance policy. Yeah. I know that we're kind of skipping here and there, but still. Oh, still, no. Yeah. But yep. still. Uh, but still, I like that scene. And then also, too, Vita Loca comes by the door and he goes, what the hell is this? And he goes, it's bubble gum, baby. <laughs> and it's the condoms. <laughs> I'm like, is she really going to do this while this guy is there? But still, you know, what woman isn't going to do that, though? <laughs> well, well, of course. Absolutely. Right. But I'm thinking... She is really going to do this, which why why you get why Bobby calls her, you know, Vita Loca, you know, because right. she's a freaking nut. And she does. She's pissed off about all these condoms. And he's trying to explain to her about the condoms and the insurance agents like, let me leave you guys alone. And he's like, no, no, no. I want to talk. 
So funny, though, because he's like, come here, baby, come here. Takes, puts her outside, shuts the door and locks it, and then goes back in there to talk to right. the, the insurance agent. Yeah. Exactly. And then also, too, we're going to get into one of the saddest scenes, though, coming up, because right. after the events of that night that we talked about with the shootout and stuff, yeah, it had repercussions because of the fact that Jack, there was a doorbell that was being rung. Jack opens up the door. Yeah. And that's, of course, when he gets hit with a snowball and he goes yeah. after the kids. Next thing you know, it he's going where this van is, this unmarked van. Yeah. And these guys with hockey masks comes out of nowhere and shoots them with Uzis. Automatic weapons, right. gunfire, blazing. That whole entire uh, thing was just intense. That was so sad. And, you know, when Bobby comes in, who Mark Wahlberg plays that part, when he comes in and he realizes Jack's not there, and it's like something just clicks in his mind like oh shit it's like he knows that 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 there's a setup something's not right goes outside and that's when he sees uh jack getting shot and that was that shootout was crazy as hell but seeing him lay there and he's yelling for jack or he jacks yelling for for bobby and they can't do anything they're in a shootout such a sad uh, scene i did cry I did I cry, did. I teared up, you know, because I didn't want him to die, you know? Same here. Jack is actually one of my favorite uh, characters in this film. Yeah. Not, because I listen to a lot of rock and roll music and stuff like that. And he was probably the most relatable character for me, personally. Okay. Okay. Because I listen to Guns N' Roses. I listen to 90s music. I listen to all right. the music that Jack pretty much listens to. So right. So I can relate to him on the musical aspect and everything, Right, too. I get that. So... You know, for me to have that ca connection with that character just made me, it, it made me tear up. I'm not going to lie. Um, I get you. I get you. I, then, I just had the baby right. brother thing with him, you know, just, uh, you know, having younger siblings. And just so, you know, you have younger siblings, you get their protection of Jack. You know, he was the baby, you know, plus, like you said, the PTSD that he, you know, has that we sh were sure he had. Seeing him get gunned down like that was just. It, you know, it, it was sad, you know, because he was a baby. Right. And then yeah. after, after that winds up happening, then, of course, we wind up having this other scene where with Green and Fowler. Right. Oh, right. At the bar. Yes. And he tells them, uh, you know, I feel like that scene alone actually describes how Fowler is, to be honest with you, as a corrupt cop. Right. Right. Um, I, that's, that scene was so, sh uh, shocking for me because when he, um, because by that point, obviously, you know, that Fowler's dirty. Everyone knows now. So, you know, you have green Terrence Howard's character, you know, going to the bar, they're playing pool. He takes the pool stick and he's like, it looks like it's a little crooked. And Fowler looks at him and says, I just played with it. It's fine. Terrence Howard turns the, the, the cue stick the other way. He's like, no, it looks a little crooked to me. I and like how he cracks does that. him with it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Freaking cracks him with it. Tell what happens after that. Okay. So I actually like how smooth Terrence actually is when it comes down to describing how crooked he is. He gets the pool right. stick, starts playing with the pool stick. Then right. he looks at it like this, goes, you know what? This, this <laughs> stick... 
something's off with it. Something is, I don't know. There's just something wrong with it. And right. And then he puts it on the, on the, on the green, on the table, on the pool table. He goes, ah, I know what the problem is. It's crooked. He goes, no, it looked good to me. It played good for me. No. He goes, I need a, I need your badge <laughs> because you're crooked. And right. you need to hand over your badge. And of course, he refuses to hand over this bag, a badge, and everything. He goes, "Okay, I'll." But he goes, he he does like this. He goes, "Okay, I'll hand you over the badge outside." So he goes on ahead, hands him it, goes outside. Next thing you know, mm. it, uh, Fowler goes on ahead and shoots him twice, and man, twice. And then, of course, Fowler is dead. So therefore, there's no one that's on the brothers' side now. There's no protection yeah. for the brothers now. Right. So there goes their protection. Basically, right. Shocked when that scene happened. Wasn't expecting that. Um, I w when he pulled the gun out, I'm like, he ain't gonna shoot him. No, he shot him and shot him twice and made sure the second one went through his heart, right. and he's just dead. But the scene after that, that next scene where I think you have a, uh, it's it's the setup. Is right. basically the setup. Right. The remaining brothers devise a plan to buy Victor Sweet off with the $400,000 from their mother's insurance. And then, right. of course, Sweet does accept it. And, yes. and as, as that's going on, you also have another setup that's happening with Angel, right. <laughs> with Angel and also the confrontation with Fowler. So you have right. two things, two things coming into play at the same time. And I yeah. like how they give it enough screen time with this because it would actually feel like there's too much going on. But the way yeah. they break it up into five or ten minute segments is actually yeah. perfect on the way that they did with the editing. And, yes. you know, and then, of course, he sees this one kid. Angel sees this one kid with some baby roots um, candy bars and everything. He goes, oh, hey, kid. right. He goes, hey, kid, come here. What? Do you want to make some extra money? Yeah. He goes, ring this guy's doorbell. So, of course, father's in there. He rings the doorbell. And the kid's out there. He goes, do you want to buy some candy? And he goes, yeah, what you got? <laughs> and so next thing you know, Angel comes in from behind and totally just pistol whips uh Fowler. Right. And goes and he goes, Don't you know I'm a, I'm the effing cops and da 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 da? And he goes, I don't care who you are or anything. So right. and then also too at that's going on, you see Victor and his crew and, and they're digging a I in the ice and everything. Yeah. And that's where they're actually at they're actually making a hole in the ice so that way they can actually bury the body in the ice right who's supposed to be yeah that 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 hole was supposed to be for jeremiah, jeremiah. You're, you're you're you know it's he's going to pay them off you know obviously he's going to kill you after he gets the money but i do want to uh go back to one thing as they're showing um uh um angel attack fowler and put the bag over his head they then show another scene where you have Vita Loca um, at the police station saying, my boyfriend is getting ready to kill a cop. He's a cop killer. And so at, when I saw that scene, I thought, oh, shit. Because she's she, that crazy. She's, she's working with Fowler. She's setting them up. So I'm like, mm. you know, you're, you're, the, the scene is it's getting tense. You know, you're down to your last probably 40 minutes of the movie. And... You think at that point she was dirty this whole time? Because well, you're not me, knowing. Why would she do that? Okay, for me, 
it wasn't to me. I didn't think she was actually uh, working with Fowler, to be honest with you, because uh -huh. I know people that are that petty that would actually rat out their boyfriend if they were doing something wrong, especially right, whenever right. they're cheating. So I just saw right. her as like uh, someone that wanted revenge on Angel for sleeping because around. of the condom thing, right? So I, I get thought that. she was just. Right. I just thought that she was just that crazy to rat him out. But that's just me. But then, yeah, course, I thought I I was, you know, my conspiracies in my head was like, oh, she's probably working with Fowler or she's, you know, she got in trouble for something and she's mad at Angel and she's going to, you know, um, she, she's been involved the whole freaking time. But obviously that's not it. It was a great setup because, like you said, two setups are going on at the same at the same time. So uh, Fowler, when Tyrese, you know, he got the bag on the dude's head. Fowler's on the ground in his place. He, uh, you know, gets the bag, the, the plastic bag opened up, you know, so he can breathe. And he's sitting up there, you know, telling, you know, Angel, you know, you're going to get in trouble for this, blah, blah, blah. You're going down. And Angel's like, oh, really? Well, shows that he's, you know, got wires on him. And he tells Fowler, yeah. Because before that, you hear the police, you hear the sirens. And so when Fowler hears the sirens, he's like, hey, Angel, you're in trouble. You know, the cops are here and they're going to get you. And so Angel's like, nope, this has been recorded the whole time. They got a van out there. They're hearing everything that you're confessing to, which you think that's actually going on. But that's not what happened. It was a total setup. So then you can go back to that ice scene where the other setup's going on, okay. which is an awesome one. I love this. And then, of course, this is also where Bobby and all them get into a confrontation with Sweet. And Sweet looks like R. Kelly, but with muscles. Right. <laughs> because the first thing I think of is R. Kelly with the uh, the, the pimp, fur and the, the fur right. and all that. Right. I just yep. think of R. Kelly. I just thought of R. Ke R. Kelly with that. And Very true. So, so anyways, Victor and him winds up getting into a tussle. They wind up hitting each other. And next thing you know it, he goes down to the ground. Bobby walks away. Uh, and everything he steps aside and while the crew is actually watching this go down because Victor's crew is not even throwing down either. They're just watching nope. it play out. And so right. once Victor looks at them and goes, hey, take care of these guys. And next right. thing you know it, no, we're going to take care of you. Next thing you know it, they put Victor into that um, ice, into the ice <laughs> and kills him. Yes. Because what they made it, the, what happened was, is that Jeremiah decided to make a deal because remember, Victor's, as we explained earlier, he's an asshole to his crew. He he makes he he demeans them. So by this point, it's easy to buy them off. So that four hundred thousand dollars actually was going to Victor's crew, uh, crew to share amongst them if they you know jump on Jeremiah's side and get rid of Victor, which was easy to do because they didn't like him at this point. Their patience was wearing thin with him, anyways. So. That ice, you know, bath that was supposed to be for Jeremiah ends up being for Victor. After Bobby whoops his ass, he goes in the ice, and then we shoot on to our other scene, the other setup. Come to find out, the cops were actually there to help the cop, but Fowler comes out with uh, Angel with a gun to Angel's head, and then they're all, the cops are all like, what what's Fowler doing? Why is he why is he got Angel? You know, 
Fowler ends up being stupid and points the gun at them. Angel's out of the way and he shoots at them. And then the cops, of course, shoot back and kills uh, Fowler with one shot through the heart. Right. And then, of course, now we actually have the brothers now um, basically in cu police custody wondering what's happened to Victor. Right. And right. Like, Where were you the day of da 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 da? And then Bobby goes, <laughs> I was off banging your mom. That's right. <laughs> and the next thing you know, what he wants up. Right. They got so ticked off at them to the point where they actually took his hand and bashed it into the table. Right. A bunch of other interrogations on them. And then finally, they're actually let go because they're on a technicality of the fact that they have nothing on them. Right. All their stories checked out because they all said they, they all, all said they were banging <laughs> the cops, wives, mothers. All of them gave the same story. All of them got their ass whooped. And it's funny how they get thrown out of the the um the cop room, you know, the interrogation room. And I love Taraji P. Henson's part where she's like, don't be pushing him like that. I just found that so funny right. because they throw him out of there. And the way she just said that, don't be pushing him down like that. It was just hilarious. And she's like, you okay, baby? And he's like, I'm all right. Did you hit them back? Yeah, I hit him. I'm good. Well, it looked like they put a fist in your eye. Was the other guy uh, hurt worse than you? Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. They're, they're, they are hurt worse than me. But I love that part. Me too. Um, listen, this movie was, it was a ride. It was a good movie. I don't know why it didn't make what it should have made at the box office. Totally underrated. The acting, everything was great. Down to the damn soundtrack. And get this. There was actually talks about a sequel in 2010. Suggested to Paranormal. Uh, pictures and the development of the sequel for the film with Mark Wahlberg returning to reprise his role, it would have been written by David Elliott and Paul Lovett. In 2020, Tyrese Gibson, in a post on, on his Instagram, the singer and actor claims the script for the sequel, Five Brothers, is in the works. But nothing's been talked ever since. But I'm thinking to myself, I think it's perfect as a standalone. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I don't think I need to see any more, to be honest. I, I don't either. I I had read that earlier, too, that, you know, they're talking about doing a sequel, you know, back then, um, a part two. And I'm thinking, what would you do and why would you do it? You know, uh, rest in peace, John Singleton, you know, it was his he directed it and he's not here. And, and even if he was here, I don't see a, a need for a, a part two. <clears throat> Same here as well. I don't think that there's a reason to revisit these characters. They are what they yeah. are. And also, too, even if you did like a Netflix movie just to play it safe, that way right. you don't have this. Because the thing with the studios is they look at the money. They look at how much the money made with the budget that they have. From a studio's right. perspective, I can, I can see them saying, well, you know, the first one flopped. Why do we want to right. invest in our money into another film that we know that's going to flop? You know right. who might actually want the rights? Who? Maybe Amazon, maybe Netflix. We'll let right. them have it for this X amount of money and they can make their film. If it makes something, it makes something. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's off of us because we don't have to put up with, put any money into it because it's all on Netflix now. Right. To put up the money. But I don't think there's even a reason to even have a sequel. No, I don't either. I don't see, like you said, there's no reason to revisit the characters. Um, what's done is done. 
uh, what, three brothers? You know what I mean? Jack's gone. You know what I mean? Like, well, they were going to name it five brothers. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I don't. Leave it alone. Just let it be. Five brothers don't. Don't get me wrong. Four Brothers sounds perfect as a title. Five Brothers sounds cringy. (laughs) I know it's a title, but it's just cringeworthy to me. Yeah. Leave well enough alone, as my mother would say. Exactly. So that's my final thoughts on Four Brothers. Uh, What about you? Is there any other uh, Um, things that you want to talk about? Other than telling people, you know, um, it's a great John Singleton film. Um, If you missed it, go check it out. It is a really good film. I was watching it when my husband came home from work and he literally sat on a couch and couldn't get up because he's, you know, watching it with me and it goes off and we're like, wow, wow. Even as the credits are rolling, they have little shots of, uh, you know, you have Bobby on the ice. He's in, he's in the uh, NHL now. And uh, he turns towards the camera and all four, four of his teeth are gone. And, so I, I liked as the credit was going, they were, you know, giving little different shots of different scenes, but it was a great movie, John. It was, it definitely is. Like I said, I own the DVD, but <laughs> this to me, this needs to be in Blu-ray quality because Absolutely. yes. Did, did you, do you have the DVD? No, I it? don't. I watched it on a, on, on um prime or one, one of the apps. Okay. So with this, it ha- you can tell back in the day we had those little square boxes. Yeah. So on my 45-inch TV, it had those this little small screen, so I couldn't really see everything that was going on. Right. So, so this actually needs to be <laughs> updated to a Blu-ray. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you. It was nice watching it on the big screen today. And uh, yeah. But yeah. So anyways, where can everybody reach you at? You can reach me on Instagram at McCree123Hotmail.com. You can reach me on Facebook at Rossi Lynn. And uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Rossi Lynn Bark one Okay. And everybody, you guys can reach me in about an hour. Well, not an hour, but in a few minutes because I'm going to be going live once again. But this is for our, uh, Holly short films that uh, me and Alex are going to be reviewing and this has been getting some buzz in this holly short films festival it's called it's an animation film it's only seven minutes long but the seven minutes that it's there there's a lot of detail into it we're going to talk about that in a few minutes but it's called there you are and uh it's it's really great to be honest with you so go on ahead check me out in a few minutes over there of course you guys can follow me on instagram at movie lovers tv lovers united over there and on facebook underneath the same brand name and on pinterest as well then of course if you're not on a potty audio only podcast episode of our show that and everything that we do here you can guys can get that on all major platforms that you guys get your podcasts of course i also teamed up with two blur girls podcast once again we're doing a charity for people that lost their homes with hurricane ida in louisiana and basically all the proceeds, if you want to get a Sensi, all the proceeds go over to uh, the Red Cross and you can get yourself a Sensi. So, of course, another thing, too, is if you guys want to donate to the page, all you have to do is go ahead, GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast. And that's where you guys can go ahead, donate to five ten dollars over there. But smash that like button, smash that share button, smash that little bell on the bottom right hand corner to let you guys know that when we're doing something new. And that's all you need to do to show us some love from us is just go on ahead, smash that like button, smash that share button, 
and that subscribe button. It helps out a long way. Also, too, rating us on Apple iTunes or on Good Pods also helps out, too, with the ranking systems. So go on ahead and check do that. And, of course, if you're a sponsor and would like to be on the show, just go ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And, of course, you guys can go on ahead and follow me at movieloversunite over there on Twitter. And those are all the places they can reach me at. Oh, yeah. And also, too, you can watch me embarrass myself on TikTok on Movie Lovers Unit <laughs> 001. So you guys cool. can go on ahead, watch me do a whole bunch of embarrassing things. And no, I will not do any milk crate challenges. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's everywhere that you guys can reach me at. I just want to say thank you again, Rossi. It's always been a you're pleasure welcome. to actually have you on the show. I do appreciate it. Thank and you. You're very welcome. And you got, are, of course, always welcome on the show anytime you want. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And have a good rest of your night. I'll be on in a few minutes.